Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast, where we break down every episode of the 10-season show. Today, we're talking about Season 7, Episode 3, A Mate for Life. Mary, what happened this week? Joni and Nat are getting married, and the gang is very involved with the final preparations. Claire's picking up the dress. Kelly's in charge of the cake. Donna is filming the event without David's help, but with David's camera. Val is getting the flowers. Steve is planning one last night of debauchery for Nat, but Brandon can't make it because he's the best man and responsible for entertaining the maid of honor, Joni's daughter, Lily. But they end up running into each other anyway at the strip club where Lily's friend Thyra works. Lily is also a dancer, but she'd appreciate it if nobody told her mom what kind. Brandon hooks up with Lily, which Val can't wait to point out to Kelly. Val meets Kenny's wife, who admires the diamond tennis bracelet Val bought with some of Kenny's ten grand. Kelly tells Val he's falling in love with her, and I put three question marks there because what the fuck is happening? Kelly continues her volunteer work at Friendship House, telling her pal, a patient named Jimmy, she might have chosen this place as a sort of penance, but now feels like it could be a life-affirming experience. She also tells him Valerie's a bitch. David moves to Mark Reese's too expensive house in the Hollywood Hills, which he hopes to pay for by directing more music videos. Too bad MZA just dropped his contract. Donna films the wedding alone and doesn't miss a thing, not even when Joni goes into labor as soon as the ceremony starts. They get her to the hospital, but Joni refuses to give birth until she's a married woman. After a rushed hallway ceremony, Joni lets the doctors deliver baby Francesco, and everyone celebrates in the waiting room with Spumante cake and cigars. The wedding brings out a lot of emotions in Claire, who really misses her mom. She and Steve find some time to talk about it, and I don't understand how Steve can suck so fucking much and then turn around and be so supportive when Claire needs him. They get us every time with Steve. They really do. Like, it's genuinely unfair i feel like i have whiplash like with as in shock i am that we love brandon so much Mm -hmm. i am having like full-on whiplash with what they're doing with steve you can never actually get a grip on his character yeah i mean it's one of those like dirt bag with a heart of gold but it's like you can tell they're trying to make him almost like have not dealt with his trauma because clearly he has a, his like over attraction to girls and over obsession with like, I don't know, a non-serious relationship clearly stems, stems from his parents' divorce. But because we don't allow anyone to actually go through therapy unless they've had a near death experience, a drug addiction, court mandates, or court mandate, we don't get to unpack it. So Steve just gets to like bebop through life on this big ass roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean Steve's in the first scene, so I guess let's just get into it. Yeah, because like right here, he's already like dirtbag Steve, as we know and sort of, kind of, mostly love him. Tolerate sometimes, you could yeah. say. Because they're going through the airport, picking up Joan's daughter, 
And she gets off the plane and she is a very attractive girl and immediately takes Brandon's or immediately takes Steve's arm. Mm -hmm. And Steve just like keeps walking. Never questions anything. Nope. Yeah. And she, well, we learned that her name is Lily. She's 22 years old. She's a theater dance major. And yeah, like Brandon does a little jaunt when he sees her. Steve just, like you said, takes her arm like no big deal. And then, of course, like they're like super hard eyes toward her the entire time, just letting her talk. And she's like, oh, I only brought a carry on because I just really wanted to go to the beach. You know, I just brought a bathing suit or she says in like my bikini, my sunglasses, my shorts, and that's it or something. And I love the confidence from Lily, right? Like, I, I would love to be that confident. But Steve is immediately like, oh, I would so take you to the beach. But, and then Brandon reminds him, your girlfriend, Claire. <laughs> and so he's like, oh, right. I'm in a monogamous relationship. And to Lily's credit, I feel like she just immediately is just like, and I'm out of that one. Yep. Let's move on. And immediately, you know latches herself onto Brandon, which Brandon is single and ready to mingle. <laughs> so we get through the credits. We get through what I think might be some new B-roll. Yeah. I definitely wrote down, like, we get some <laughs> B-roll of more shopping in LA slash Beverly Hills that we haven't really seen before until we do. Yeah. I just love that it was, like, Rodeo Drive, the peach pit. Mm-hmm. Yep. And not even, like, the peach pit. It was the back door of the peach pit that everybody walks through. Yeah. Which Yeah, we were like getting that more than anything. Like not even the pee pad after or the pee pad after dark. The peach pit after dark like signage. It's like just the door that you take the trash out of. <laughs> yeah. I noticed for the first time in this scene between David and Donna because they're standing right in front of the door the whole time that there's a sign next to the door that says, please use the front door. This means you. Mm-hmm. Like, I saw that too. Literally never use the front door. Yeah. But Donna is pulling up as David is leaving, and she notices that his Jeep is, like, all packed up. There's a ton of stuff in the back. Apparently, over the summer, he moved out of the dorms, and he was living at Mel and Jackie's, mm -hmm. I guess, while they've been gone – because he mentions they're back and he's not staying there and he's definitely not going back to the dorms again. So he's going to go stay with our new buddy, Mark, that we just met that apparently David's known for a while. Yes. And the reason we knew last time that Mark was going to stick around is because not only did they give him a first name, but they gave him a last name and integrated him with like various members of the group. Yeah. He had like three interactions. It wasn't just yeah. one with Donna. It was like David, Brandon, and Kelly. So yeah. He's here for at least a hot minute. Exactly. Still probably going to court Brandon to join the news, I mean, TV. <laughs> and since now Kelly has seen Brandon with another girl, that's going to open up Mark to go after Kelly, there even you though go. Brandon's not like actually doing anything. There you go. Yeah. It's like what we talked about. So they're going to have to slowly meet each other in the middle. Mm-hmm. But apparently we find out that Donna and David had agreed to shoot Nat and Joan's wedding 
And David's just like, uh, I don't shoot weddings anymore, actually. And don't worry, I already talked to Nat about us not doing it. It's fine. Never talked to Donna about it before he pulled them out. Just making all the decisions. I do love that she she's like, hold up a minute. I still want to do it. I will need your camera, but I want to do it. Exactly. Like, she's like, well, no, we made a commitment. I want to honor it. So let me borrow your camera. The good one. I just, I love it because this is like the Donna I expect, right? Yeah. Where she's just like, no, no, I said I was going to do it. I'm going to do it. Yep. And David is classic David where she's like, we agreed to shoot the wedding. And he goes, we also agreed on a partnership. Yeah. It's like those, like not mutually exclusive. Like this wedding is completely independent from MZA. Like, it's not like they're signing Nat and Joan to a record deal. It's also contractually obligated Nat Busiccio. Like, Mm -hmm. how do you not want to do good things for him? Yeah, it's your friend. And so, like, even to the point where he, like, forces Donna to come all the way up to the Hollywood Hills to get the video camera, and she's mad about that and storms away. So... Already, like, first part of the episode, tension between Donna and David. So then we find out. She goes inside. Joan is inside. She is the most pregnant. Very pregnant. Like, she's due in two weeks, and they're getting married this weekend. And why did they take, like, six months to plan this wedding? I don't know. I mean, do we know if – was Nat married before? He, does he so, have older kids? He gives a speech later in this episode about, like, resigning himself to never having a family. Yeah. But I could swear he at least has family. I mean, we know his dad owned the Peach Pit, and I feel like he had a brother at some point. Yeah, because he came down when the whole heart attack, lease, yeah, all that stuff happened. Yeah, but... As far as I know, we've never met a kid or you know heard anything about a wife. Yeah. I do think it's hilarious that Joan throws out that she has three kids and only one shows up. Mm-hmm. And there is also a comment later where Nat mentions his wife and his new son and not his three stepchildren that he just acquired. Yeah. So, yeah. Good point. One of them is in the room. And he's right, not just he like, it. oh, and also Lily. My tiger. I mean, just Lily. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we will get to that. Yeah. And so my point to asking that was just to be like, you know, I'm actually kind of surprised that they want to have a full wedding, right? Like not just something at the courthouse or something that could be planned very quickly. Not all of this, you know, venue, flowers, you know, cake. Well, I mean, I can understand the cake. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> but yeah, it just seems like, you know, I wouldn't have been surprised if they just wanted to do a quick wedding to get married and then have Joan be comfortable during her pregnancy. Yeah. Like what Andrea and Jesse did. Yeah. Which I'm also now realizing we have had four weddings on this show and only one, the bride has not been pregnant that we know of. Tony and Dylan? Yeah, because yeah. Uh, Mel and Jackie, Jackie was pregnant. Yep. Andrea and Jesse, Andrea was pregnant. Joan and Nat. Oh my gosh. 
These people need to get married because they love each other and then have babies. Like Tony and Dylan. It's totally my own insecurities and trauma being like, if I if that ever happened to me and I wasn't married, I would be like, but do you really love me or are you obligated because we are now having a baby? But, I, but yeah, so I'm like sitting here like, oh, I hope this lasts. <laughs> I mean, that's literally what happened with Jackie and Mel. He was going to propose yeah. and she was like, I don't want it because you just want to marry me because I'm pregnant. Right. And then, spoiler alert, they didn't last. But Exa- but then are sort of back together. But that's not always possible. The show is just touching on every single possibility with a wedding. <laughs> yeah. Except for just we've been dating for five years we love each other. Let's get married. <laughs> I don't even, we don't have time for that. That will literally never happen. That's true. That like, is true. Someone could start dating right now and we'd only get like two years of dating, which, you know, is fine. I'm not Especially saying when you're older. Yeah. But yeah, no one is just like, oh yeah, we've been in a committed relationship when we really love each other. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so Lily, uh, she's here at the Peach Pit. Or no, she's not. Sorry. She's not here at the Peach Pit. They reference her at the Peach Pit. And I think Joan asks, like, oh, how'd she look? And Steve's like, she looks fine. Like, I wrote it in italics to make sure I got the inflection right. And Claire's head immediately snaps up. She's like, what'd you say? (laughs) She's like, meerkatted. I mean, I gotta, like, it's Steve. So I get it. But, like, I don't think we really talked about how cute Claire looked in every single scene right? last episode and this oh my one. Gosh. Her, but like so she had that like little belly chain at the very beginning of the episode but then when she's at the beach club and she's in the bikini with the little coverall mm-hmm. I was just like I want to look like that. Yeah. She has very good style and she's so pretty. I'm like Steve how do you even have the mental capacity to look at other women when you have someone that looks like Claire. I mean, yeah, in the first episode of this season where he had to fly back to Houston to meet her. Yeah. They ran across the airport, and then as soon as they were back together and, like, you know, went to a motel, he was just like, okay, I'm going to go to strip club. Bye. hat. Like, (laughs) oh, the old ball and chain's been around for, like, three weeks. I got to get a break. (laughs) God. Oh, speaking of gross, though. Yes. We go over to the pee pad side of things where Kenny is there. And And he's rubbing Val's arm with his pinky. I just, he grosses me out so much. Like, it just feels like this power dynamic, and he's being Mm -hmm. real skeevy about it. He's like constantly touching her in ways that I'm not into. And she's trying to talk business. She's like, oh, yeah, I could get more seating in here. I'm going to computerize the bar. We're going to do a whole marketing blitz, get some big names, really bring some life back into this place. Does not mention redecorating once, which really threw me off because I would have sworn she wanted this money to paint over Kelly's New York. (laughs) Hey, maybe that's what's included in the getting ready to sell. I still want to know why there's a fucking logo with a toaster with wings. (laughs) I promise you, they needed something, and clip art was the fastest thing they could get. Probably. 
but rather than do all of these things that Val seems to have thought of, Kenny wants her to franchise. This gave me so much, obviously it's like coming before Gilmore Girls, but it made me think of every single time that Richard met with Luke when Luke and Lorelai were dating and he kept wanting to franchise Luke's. <laughs> and that time he takes Luke golfing and Luke gets drunk because he couldn't drink beer because it was nitwit juice, according to Emily. So he drank like scotch and he got hammered. And he was calling Lorelai. He was just like, well, I couldn't drink beer because it's nitwit juice. And now Richard's just wanted me to franchise Luke's. He wants me to put them all along the eastern seaboard. <laughs> oh, it kills me. I mean, that's essentially what Kenny's doing. He's like, yeah, that, you know, buffalo wing place that just went, you know, franchise. Which I could only think. I was like, is he talking about beat-ups? He must be because he just says wild wings. So it's either buffalo wild wings or wild wing cafe either one huge company <laughs> big difference between that and the peach pit after dark yes exactly like, i don't know i feel like if a club opened up in atlanta that was just called the peach pit after dark and i had no knowledge of anything i'd be like why is it a peach pit i mean i guess that peaches do work in georgia but well sure but it's like is it owned by somebody who's from Georgia? You know, like you would want to know a little bit more information about the location before just like diving into a, a chain bar or a chain nightclub. Yeah, I don't know. I just don't know that it would really get me. A spe- I don't know. It's a whole Like thing. you would almost have to do the combo peach pit pee pad. Like that I could understand. Like have a have a restaurant and nightclub combo make it a franchise you just don't often hear about franchised nightclubs i just realized the peach pit and the pee pad are basically pops and le bon nuit oh i want a pops see that's the thing when you talked about franchising both sides of the business i'm all in like yeah. Everybody loves a restaurant with a speakeasy around the back. I feel like I can name multiple places in Atlanta that have, like, two things in the one location. Exactly. But instead, like, yeah, he's pushing just the pee pad to be franchised because it's worked in the past with Wild Wings. And then he's just like, we're going to – I don't even remember what he said. All I got was discreetly, and he leans in, whispers it, and kisses her on the cheek, and I was just uncomfortable. I no no joke. I wrote down like her comment versus his comment and then everything else was just like gross gross gross. I don't like this. Yeah, it just makes me really uncomfortable. It makes me really uncomfortable. Like it's very clearly speaking of therapy, you know, going off of her issues with her dad. And it oh, creeps yeah. me out. Yeah. Yeah. But it's okay because we cut over to the Bellage, the only hotel in Beverly Hills. <laughs> yeah. They're like, guys, look, we only have one location for our list of locations that we can film in. That's a hotel. So we're just going to make it the Bellage, and these people have lots of money. Just get over it. They live in Beverly Hills. <laughs> I just, there was so much I didn't understand. Like, why is her daughter staying at the Bellage instead of with her or maybe at Casa Walsh or like, mm-hmm. Why did Jones stay at the beach apartment? Like, that was clearly, 
like set purposes. They didn't want to build another set, but they could have just had her get ready at the beach club. True. That's true. I don't know. Literally, all I wrote in this scene is, who put Joan's daughter up in the bellage? Oh, she's taking off her clothes. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. Like, she walks in. Brandon's carrying her carry-on. And she literally just, like, her. she's wearing a wrap dress. And so she literally just, like, unwraps and was like, oh, do you have a problem with this? And I'm like, I mean, no, but it's just surprising. <laughs> the confidence. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. And it's her- like... It's fun because she doesn't even, it's not like she's wearing some like, you know, like scandalous, like bourgeois type style of clothing. It's like, she's wearing a freaking like cotton set and I'm like, yeah. and you feel this good? <laughs> what right? is that I, like? <laughs> I was like, first of all, want that yes. cotton set. Yes. I would really enjoy that in my life. Second of all, need the confidence to undress like that stand there in my underwear and then just start like doing spins and getting on the bed and just lifting my leg in the air. <laughs> and, and also I need my hamstrings to be at the point where I can just lift my leg in the air like that. <laughs> and Brandon's just like, oh my God. And she calls him adorable when he blushes and even says that he should re- relax and look away if you don't like what he sees, which I also appreciate. Although it's not a question of liking or disliking what he sees more of just like comfortability versus uncomfortability so -hmm. for me it's like i would probably look away because that's just not what i'm look i'm used to not that i wouldn't like what i saw but that kind of also traps him because he's like oh wait no i do like this so i guess i will look and i'll hang out a little while (laughs) yeah i i kept getting conflicted because brandon keeps just coming up to her hotel room and like in the room with her yeah. And that's not, like, super weird, I don't think. But, like, they're very clearly setting this up. And then, yeah, she's like, if you don't like it, look away. And he's like, well, I I don't have anywhere else to go. You just have this one room. Yeah. So, yeah, his option was to leave or stay and just experience. Just I don't know what to do with my hands. Which then she, like – does admit that like he asked like well are you really a ballet dancer and she's like well i was trained in the classical tradition and then yeah does her little like jaunt over does a ballet move gets to the pole of the bed and just weaves around it (laughs) i don't know i don't know terms (laughs) man it would be really good if we knew pole dancing terms to be like and then she did like a double entendre around the bed (laughs) i did actually take a pole dancing class in college and it was very fun but i don't recall any of it and don't know if there was any terms used so it looks really fun like even just the idea of like spinning around the pole like oh yeah yeah that's all i want to do it was definitely like, I don't think I could do that. Oh, my God, I can do that. You know, it was more of one of those things. Because when you see it, it, it like, the, the dancers, they make it look effortless. But at the same time, you know, it's got, there's, like, skill involved. And there's, you got to contort your body certain ways. And so I was like, there is no way I can do that. And then I did. And I was like, oh, my God, this is fun. <laughs> well, and then, like, you see how strong they are. Oh, for sure. Yeah, Just they're like- in great shape. I want that butt. Uh, Yeah, no kidding. No kidding. That is my dream. 
it's just a good butt. <laughs> anyway. Anywho, we then have to go to the friendship house. Great transition. <laughs> um, yeah, so Kelly is still at the friendship house. And Jimmy, we learn, this guy, he's doing like a sleight of hand. He's doing the classic like, oh, follow the coconut or whatever it was. And, you know, pulls it out of the guy's pocket and all that jazz. And that's literally all that scene is. Yeah. Well, and then <laughs> she like goes into the kitchen and that other guy is being a real negative Nancy. Which right. like – He's living in a hospice home. Like, yeah, I, I don't blame it. him at all. But it was just kind of a shock to have like this other guy over here. And then she goes into the kitchen and it's like, oh, I'll do the dishes. And he's just like, no. Yeah, that was interesting. And then we go to David to see that his new house has a pool and he wants to shoot music videos here. And apparently he has really cute neighbors. Who knows yeah. how many we do find them pretty quickly but they're unnamed and just standing at the grill yes although i will say now that i think about it kind of shocking that they're able to stand at the grill and be allowed to do things because it does feel like when men invite you over for pool and grill they're just like i'll do that for you yeah and you just like lay on a float Moving forward, we're back to Brandon a little bit, and this time Brandon brings Lily to meet Claire and Donna at the venue, and this is where we kind of see, like, where everybody was, like, still working to get things set up. Steve brings in the alcohol. Claire and Donna are just, like, coordinating everything, and when Steve comes in with the alcohol, he ends up telling Brandon, oh, my God, I really dropped the ball in this bachelor party, which, like, he really doesn't need one. Yeah. My next question was... Did Nat want a bachelor party? Did anybody ask him? Are we just right. assuming? I think yes. I think we're just yeah. assuming. <laughs> and it doesn't matter because Brandon says he can't do a bachelor party because he has to babysit the maid of honor. Yes. Which is and such a weird thing to say. And also, why is she not hanging out with her mother? Yeah, I think that was my thing is like, you're right. The word babysit was such a weird thing given that she's older than Brandon. And, yeah, like, why doesn't she just hang out with her pregnant mom? Make sure she's having a good time, you know? Spend some quality time with your family when you're only here for 48 hours. Exactly. When you're at least, like, a three-hour flight away. Yeah, did they mention before the very end of the episode that she's from Cleveland? Because that shocked me. Did. Oh, she yeah, I don't think they did. I'm like, oh, God, there must be a great exotic dancing scene in Cleveland. <laughs> As soon as she was like, if you're ever in Cleveland, I was just like, Cleveland? <laughs> Would not have guessed it. Would have thought like Miami or yeah. like, I don't know, somewhere. Even somewhere like Chicago because she, you know, she talks about like wanting to go to the beach really bad. So it's like, give her a place that doesn't, well, I guess Chicago technically has like the lake beach. So and Cleveland would like, have zero beach. Yeah. I it's think. like, what? City is landlocked. <laughs> My gosh, what if she said Atlanta? That would have made me laugh. Oh, that would have been great. Known for our strip clubs. I mean, yeah, Magic or just City, the one. baby. Got to get them lemon pepper wet. I was say, speaking of wings. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, this whole scene is just basically like the, just a ton of stuff happening at the beach club. It's like nothing has happened for the last five minutes, so they're just like throwing plot at us because – you know, Claire is getting everything ready. She's setting up this, like, big flower archway. 
And she says working on this wedding is the closest she's ever going to come to getting married, mm-hmm. which Steve is immediately like, that's reverse psychology to get me to propose to you because I don't want to get married, isn't it? And she's just and, like, no, I yeah. don't. I don't play games. What are you talking about? Yeah, she's like straight up about it. And he's like, well, what about never say never? Like, because now all of a sudden he's threatened that he, oh, wait, he can't get married if he wants to be with her. So, yeah, so you can tell that's going to be a thing. And then she dips out and Brandon's like, my advice, give her 25 years. So basically playing on the whole Nat and Joan relationship. And then, you know, Val is also there helping get ready because, you know, why not? And she sees Kenny sitting out at the beach club with his wife and kid and decides to go over to say hello. Oh, my God. And, like, so bold. She is standing there talking to his wife, totally giving him, like, doomy eyes. Yes. The whole time. And this woman, like, kind of can tell. It's like, yes, she could totally tell. And then she almost didn't want to believe it. You know, it's like she had the reaction of like, hmm, I know what this is, but also like, ugh, I don't want to deal with this. I love your bracelet. And Yeah, the kid runs away. So, you know, she goes to chase after them and Kenny is just like, uh, what are you doing? Also, like, I don't know if this was, it probably was on purpose, but like when you first see Val see Kenny with his wife and kid, he was wearing those glasses and I was like, holy crap, he looks a lot older with those glasses on. Like. I was like, I yeah. wonder if that was on purpose to make him look like a dad, you know? And then every other time they kind of dress him down a little bit or dress him at least a little bit younger when he's with Val. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. I think that's exactly what they were doing is going like, this is married Kenny with his family. This is fun divorced Kenny with Val. Right, right. God. And yeah, and then like once his wife goes off to get Michael, their son – Val, like, touches his wedding ring, and I was like, oh, this is cringy. Like, I can handle Scott's tots. I cannot handle this. (laughs) I mean, Val just wants to pick fights, is what she's doing, right? Well, we've talked about it. She's a pot stirrer, you know? She meddles. But, yeah, this whole time, I was like, let's just get out of the situation. Let's just cut away. Yes, please, which we do. But it doesn't get better because we go to David's new house where he and Mark have invited over their neighbors and Donna walks back and it's just like a full-on pool party with, you know, girls and swimming and bikinis and she's just like, can I have the camera? Oh, here's what you've just been filming. You can keep that. Yeah, just so much like tension and it seems like – because I was trying to like clock it. Throughout the episode, I was like, is this fallout from the previous episode when David apologized, but they also broke up? So is this still, like, jealousy, or is this just, like, we're mad at each other because we're not on the same page? And because at times it didn't really feel like jealousy necessarily. Like, I don't think either one of them wants to be with the other right now. They're just, like, judging each other almost. Yeah, I kind of took it as he's been mean to Donna nonstop like just mean to her for this entire season and frankly you know in the episodes leading up to this season Mm -hmm. and 
like he never treats her nicely and then she shows up and he's like having fun at a party and she's just like what the hell I'm one of your nearest and dearest friends and you're not nice to me but this you can do exactly exactly like yeah that's how I've been reading it just because like yeah they're angry it's not even that they broke up romantically it's like it feels like they're trying to decide how they're friends still, even though they keep mm-hmm. saying, we can be friends. We're better as friends. Let's be friends. Mm-hmm. Then they get snippy about it. Yeah, and just fall into, like, similar habits. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of bad moods, we go back to the friendship house where Kelly is talking to Jimmy Mm-hmm. about like how being a bad mood in a bad mood and he he makes this comment he goes why did you pick a death house to work at it gets like it's a very interesting conversation I do I like Jimmy oh I do too he's super nice he's like clearly easy for Kelly to talk to like very easy person to get along with but yeah it's You can definitely tell, which rightfully so, right? Like the vibe is just like, we know where we are. We're Mm -hmm. not, this is so different than like a, um, a senior hospice, you know, where at the point where you're super old, you're possibly losing, you know, some of your faculties and you may not exactly be aware of what's going on. This is very much like, these are young people who are going through a disease that there is no cure for. And so they know exactly what's happening and they can do nothing about it. So, yeah, the fact that he, like, calls it a death house, even when Kelly's like, oh, yeah, I came here, like, almost to punish myself for past sins, I almost expected Jimmy to, like, get offended by that. And even when she then says things flip-flop for me and now it's like I view this as a life-affirming situation, I still expected Jimmy to get offended by it because not that Kelly meant anything bad by it but more just how dare you you know come here for some absolution that you're looking for when there are literally people dying here yeah like I am not a pawn in your self-actualization exactly exactly but yeah it seems like he has hit some form of acceptance or like there is a knowledge of what's coming for him that he's ready for And he's just like, look, stop rationalizing what you're doing. Do the job. Get the course credit. You don't need to, like, coddle us. We're just people. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. He's, like, almost reached this, like, mindfulness of, you know, not necessarily peace with with what is happening, but an understanding of what's happening. So, yeah, like, she's just cleaning away. And I kind of loved his quote. He was like, you're dusting and I'm waxing philosophical. (laughs) I really like him. I wrote down a lot of what he said. Yeah, I like him too. Yeah. Like, and it makes me nervous because as much as we're saying, like, he's not a pawn in Kelly's self-actualization, he is very clearly a pawn in this show and they're going to rip him out of our hands. Yeah, no, for sure. And it's really sad. But at least, you know, I I do often enjoy when we get friendships outside of the friend group that seem genuine and not romantic. Because oftentimes it seems like we just get the romantic side, not necessarily the friendship side. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And let's be honest, Kelly needs a good friendship outside the friend group. She has had some bad experiences outside the friend group for years, actual years. Yes, 100%. 
And then we cut to Lily taking Brandon to a strip club. <laughs> Which like, this episode, like I'm just now realizing the jumps, you know, the transitions. We're like going from literal like life and death to strip club. Like I, it's so interesting sometimes how this show organizes episodes. Yeah. And like it feels like we've jumped hours in the day mm-hmm. with like nothing happening and they've realized it again like oh no the wedding's in 12 hours and we forgot to do anything strip club scene <laughs> yeah and like because lily's an exotic dancer she like knows where to go and has a friend that works here and oh by the way i don't need a real job i've got a real job because i make five g's a month i in 1996. <laughs> I love Lily so much. I do too. I mean, like, I even really like later on her response to like, you know, why she doesn't tell her family if she's so proud of it. Because like, she even if you're proud of it, you still don't have to air your laundry. Like, it's totally her business. It's like all of those people who are sex workers and just tell everyone they're accountants because they don't have to talk about it. Yeah. Because even though they're not ashamed of it, it's still none of your business. And nobody wants to hear about accounting. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, okay. So they get here. They have this conversation. She says she wants to go to the main stage to see her friend. I do not like that Brandon said all righty to her. I was like, that is not for her. He did say all righty. That's right. I didn't write it down. But now that you say it, I remember it. And no, sir. No. <laughs> that is for Susan and Susan only. Yeah, I am not ready. My heart has not healed. I didn't That's get a so three-month break. I mean, not all of us had this, but thank God I'm also watching Buffy while I'm watching this show, and I get Emma Caulfield because I don't think I would be getting over this anytime soon if I wasn't. Oh, my gosh. She has a monologue in one of the episodes we're going to watch this week, and it will – she's so good. But they get up to the main stage, and Steve and Nat are there. And that feels really weird to me. Oh, so weird. Like, like I got to be honest with you. Like, I have, no, like, no problem with strip clubs. Like, they are what they are. But I've even talked to Nate about this, and he's like, if you think about it, it's a really weird concept. Because, like... You and other male friends, typically male, you know, obviously female women go to strip clubs too, but like just thinking about it in its very basic form, you and your male buddies are just going to this place to watch like scantily clad women dance around. And what are you supposed to do? <laughs> like, he's like, this to me is very much like when you go to a urinal, you look forward. <laughs> like, you look up. Like, you do not look at each other. You don't even really talk to each other. You just do your thing and then leave. So he's like, if I went to a strip club and was with my friends, I wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, just... I love you so much. <laughs> I mean, like... When you get to, like, what a strip club is, I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. My problem in this moment comes from the way they talk about being at the strip club. Because Brandon's like, just don't say anything. I'll do the talking. And then later on, when she's like, do you think Nat is going to tell my mom what I do? He was like, no, because then he'll have to explain where he was 
and I don't like the lying. Just oh, say yeah. I went to a strip club. Like yes. I would be so much I I would be mad at John for lying to me about it. I would not be mad at him for going to one. 100%. Like as long as you're up front with me and allow me to have veto power on things, like taking strip club out of the picture but just literally anything, like as long as like you're up front about it and I'm allowed to let you know if this hurts me or not then yeah, like it's all good. But if you lie to me about it, even if it was something I would have been totally fine with, that's what would make me mad. 100%. That's the thing is like the night before your wedding, you're starting your marriage by lying to her. Exactly. I'm like, that's what gets me. Like just put all cards on the table, like all good. And then he'll lie to her for the rest of their lives because he knows the secret about Lily that she doesn't want her mom to know. Yep. Which I guess they treat as like a bonding experience, but I'm not really for it. I don't like the idea of using one parent to lie to the other, but that's well, a whole different like, issue. No, 100%. But also, like, kind of to your point, the bonding over a lie. Yeah. Because it's not just a secret. It's a lie. It's a full-on lie. And for some reason, Brandon thinks he can keep the secret from becoming a lie. But then Lily's friend comes up and immediately is just like, are you getting a job here? They have full medical. And I love this woman talking about benefits. Right? She was like, you have to come work here. The benefits are great. <laughs> Loved like, yeah, it. Yeah. Look out for your people. <laughs> yeah. As someone with currently shitty insurance, bravo. Yeah. But then we go back to the hospice where I guess Kelly is working late enough that it is acceptable time to be at a strip club and also at work. Yeah, good point. I didn't even think about the timeline here. It just got me because I was like, should she be there that late? She has things to do tomorrow. And like, right. she's a volunteer. I feel like there are like going to be strict volunteer hours to get like random people who have no experience out of the house. Right, 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 right. I don't know. I didn't have anything for it. But she has a really good conversation with Jimmy and I think it's interesting that he does mention being married, and when she tries to talk about it, he deflects and asks for tea instead. Yes, and I do think it is important to point out that he was—he says he was married to a man, mm-hmm. and I, I love that. We need more of it. We've talked about that with this show, but that's kind of what I – the reason I point that out is not because he's married to a man, but because – this is like confirmation that this will not be a romantic relationship between Jimmy and Kelly. Like mm-hmm. that's what I was most focused on. But yeah. And then the second thing was that he deflected and yeah, didn't want to talk about that. Like is so far been very open, been very forthcoming, but there are things that are off limits and that's okay. Mm-hmm. And you know, I really like that Kelly like didn't flinch. They didn't make yeah. it a thing that he says like, Oh, I was married to a wonderful man. She's like, Oh, tell me about him. Not yeah. like, taking a moment or like yeah. changing a facial expression she's just cool and then when he asks for tea like she doesn't push agreed I think Kelly actually had a really great episode for many reasons that was one of them and then I don't remember it hasn't happened yet but it's coming at some point yeah the the wedding and post-wedding Kelly also great yes because We're still not to the wedding. We're still the night before the wedding because we have a few more things to set up because Brandon takes Lily back to her room. This is where they have the conversation where she asks if Nat's going to tell on her. And Brandon asks why she won't come clean. And she's just like, it's not a good idea. Like, my mom's not going to like it. It's just, 
it's easier to just not do it. Yeah. And she even says, like, my mom has this vision of me and, like, I'm still her little girl. You know, there's kind of that, like, glass shattering moment and all that. So it's just easier to not. And then she mentions that it's really great that Brandon didn't turn into a disgusting man when he found out that she was an exotic dancer. Yeah. And I like that, like, because, like, sometimes I get a little defensive when we as a society praise men for doing the bare minimum, you know, like Mm -hmm. being a good person. Um, But in this case, like I was trying very hard not to get defensive. I was just like, no, that is good. (laughs) That is a good thing to be happy about because you've experienced the other side so often. So like, I'm okay with you being happy about it and being attracted to him because like, how am I trying to say this? If a if a guy reacts like to her being an, an exotic dancer in that like pig-like way, that almost like gives her or sorry, it takes away the option for her to even be attracted to the guy. Like whether or not she actually was, now it's no longer really up to her because the guy is just like so much like, oh my God, ugh, whatever. But with Brandon acting this way, like she gets to call the shots. You know, mm-hmm. she's in control this whole time. So that much I appreciate. Yeah. I mean, I imagine there is like, unfortunately, a stigma that comes with her job that makes yes. it really hard for her to just like hang out, which to be fair, she finds a guy who's not bothered by it and then takes him to a strip club. Right. <laughs> but I'm glad she's happy. And then they have a consensual evening together where he spends the night. Yes. And it's finally wedding day. <laughs> finally. I'm like, we're like over halfway through the notes. I know. We are now at wedding day. And I got to be honest, I did start getting a little sparse in some of these scenes. Like when there Steve. There wasn't a lot to them. When Steve talks to Val about Claire, like I got nothing out of it. All I got was that Val was like, oh, wasn't Brandon squiring lily around town last night and he steve's like squiring now that's a good word and that's all i wrote yeah i wrote that steve asks val a question but why would val know nobody likes her claire definitely does not tolerate (laughs) val any more than she has to yeah i don't know and then we you know cut over to the beach apartment pretty much just to find out that mza has officially dropped donna and david's contract And Donna is worried about David and everyone else is like, we have a wedding today. You're going to need to focus. He's, he is an adult. He can take care of himself. Yep. So they have their list of things to do to finish things, to get ready for the wedding. And so do Brandon and Steve at the Peach Pit. Yeah. They have to go get Nat because he's working, which like this scene was literally just for the physical comedy of Nat being like, I don't know, getting cold feet. So he had to go make some eggs in mass. This was, like, the point of the episode where I was like, okay, you're losing me. Because there's this one and there's one other. And I'm like, when did we turn into a sitcom? I had to watch this twice to figure out what happened. Yeah. Because, like, Brandon is trying to talk to him. He won't hear him. And then he just, like, grabs him, throws the spatula, drags him outside. And then Steve is just like, we got you a tux. And, like, does his Steve moment. But it makes no sense. No. It doesn't. And then 
further not making any sense, unfortunately, further not me caring, Joan is getting ready to hit the beach apartment. Makes no sense to me. She has a house and a venue. Venue is going to have a getting ready room. Can't yep. name a place that doesn't. Yep. And like Lily has a moment where she says she likes Nat, but then disappears so that Claire and Joan can have a moment. Yeah. And obviously it was like total plot thing. But yeah, the whole point, the entire episode, I'm like, why is like Lily and Joan not hanging out? Like, Maybe it's, they're trying to show that they don't have a great relationship, but, like, why would she fly all the way out here in the first place if that were the case? Yeah, it really seems to me that Joan does not have a relationship with her kids. They didn't have to say she has three of them. They didn't have to bring one to the wedding just for her to not spend any time with her mom. Yeah, it was definitely weird. I mean, yeah, I do appreciate the moment that Joan gets with Claire. I thought uh, Kathleen Robertson crushed it, and I actually kind of – I'm loving her more vulnerable emotional scenes because we haven't seen a whole lot of it because Claire's extremely logical. Claire is usually like the fun time, like the intellectual. So we don't often see her get upset. And so, you know, she explains to Joan that she definitely misses her mom at times like these. And this is when we learn like, oh, the reason she doesn't want to get married is because she won't get to have these moments. She won't get to have her mom at the wedding the getting ready, the planning, the all of this. And it's just a really sweet moment, you know, Joan reassuring her that her mom would want her to have that fairy tale wedding that she always talked about, you know, not so much Prince Carl, but <laughs> she wants her, she would want her to be happy. Yeah. I think this is one of those few times where we don't see Claire being the rational person because, you know, she's, in pain she's like I don't want to get married because my mom's not going to be there yeah and then Joan is just like but your mom wanted you to have love she wanted you to be happy and like she's going to be there in your memory and in spirit and like you know she makes the comment of like my mom and your mom are both watching down on us in this moment exactly exactly and it's time to get to the wedding okay I have to make a comment first thing off the bat Literally almost everyone's wearing white. Everyone is in such pale clothing, and then Claire shows up in hot pink. <laughs> I know. But, like, why? I don't know, because, like, yeah, I feel like you could argue, like, Kelly's in beige with white flowers on it. But, yeah, like, this was a very pale uh, color palette. Yeah, I guess they were going wedding. for, like, khaki, you know, because you're at the beach, I guess. Yeah, I I don't know. I felt very washed out. I was watching the episode like with the blinds open, like the curtains were open. There's a lot of sun that comes in in the middle of the day. And so I was like, is this washing out my TV or is it the color palette? No, no. It was definitely the color palette. The theme was sand. <laughs> <laughs> they also really did like scrunch this timeline, right? Like she found yeah. out she was pregnant – at the end of last season, three months cut by, she is fully baked. Two weeks we away. Yeah. Yep. Wedding is happening. We didn't get to see any of the planning or, like, her going through pregnancy, any of that. I'm a little surprised how fast it all happened. Me too. Me too. She's experienced. She can just do it really fast. <laughs> <laughs> the only way I will be okay with this 
is if in the next few episodes, we just start seeing Nat show up places with a baby Bjorn. Oh my gosh, yes. He's contractually obligated to be in every episode for a minimum of 15 seconds. He just comes in, baby Bjorn, everyone says hi to baby Frankie, he leaves the scene. I just also would love if they also get the timeline wrong for the baby, so they pull a Jane (laughs) the Virgin and just like switch the actors. Next week, the baby's two years old and walking. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. By season 10, Frankie is 16. (laughs) And he works at the Peach Pit. Does Frankie show up in the 2008 90210? Oh my God. I wish. Oh my God. But I was just thinking, like, he has to do like weeknights at the Peach Pit and weekends at the Lamp Store. <laughs> <laughs> but Frankie's not even born yet. We are He's not about there. to be, though. He's about to be. He is very close. He's crowning already. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not ready to talk about that yet. <laughs> Because everyone's arriving and like Brandon comes in with Lily because they spent the night together. Now he's escorting her, uh, maid of honor and best man. I love that later on Jimmy is like, oh, it always happens. It's like, since when? I have never been to a wedding where that happened. I haven't either. And I guess like maybe because people used to get married a lot younger, more people would be single, I guess. But like, you bring a plus one to most weddings. So, I, yeah, I don't know. It used to be a thing, though, I guess. I mean, there's a whole movie about it. Well, true. True, true. But I love that, like, they walk in together. And Val, this is the Val we have been waiting for. I have been waiting for her personally. I assume you missed her as well. Because she, like, just appears on camera behind Kelly. And it's just like, well, they're pretty close. You know, <laughs> I love that she says he didn't come home last night and Kelly just leaves. She makes like, like she's so clearly trying to get a reaction and Kelly just like (laughs) walks away. (laughs) Exit stage right. (laughs) Perfect. I was dying. If I could, if I knew how to clip scenes, this would be what I clipped and just kept for myself forever. Yep. And then David. Because we gotta, we gotta catch everybody up. They're like, once again, we're forty minutes into the episode and nothing's happened. <laughs> David comes up to Donna and tells her the MZA news, and she's like, "Yeah, I know. They called me this morning." And he's upset they called her first. Like, why? It doesn't even matter. And then he tries to act all chill about it. He's like, "Oh, well, it's no big deal. It's not like they're the only player in town." As if he wasn't just completely freaking out last week. Seriously, that's what gets me is the way he has been acting. And then he's just like, I mean, it's fine. I was like, who are you? Yeah, he was like frantically like he was willing to go to MZA's offices just to hang out to make sure that they kept their contract. Yeah. What changed, buddy? You got you got a new house in the Hollywood Hills and you got other people there. He's got a pool now. He just lives that relaxed life. I guess so. (laughs) Not that he has a way to pay his rent. Right. Then a bunch of stuff happens. I didn't write anything down until Joan screams that her water broke. Yeah. The only thing that like happened was the ceremony starts. Steve grabs Claire's hand. They look at each other. Dawn is filming and she looks at David. That's it. And because then the water breaks. 
And then we cut to Cedar Sinai, which I have no idea how far the beach club and Cedar Sinai are. But between her water breaking at the beach club and Cedar Sinai, the baby is crowning. <laughs> and she refuses to give birth. This was the second moment I've like, okay, when did we become a sitcom? Because I and had that weird music playing. She just stops having a physical reaction to being in labor. Yes. She's not sweating. She's just like, oh, wait, I got to get married first. There is a, there's a watermelon <laughs> coming out. And if it's crowning, that means they can literally see the head coming out of your vajay. Like. That can't be good for baby Francesco. <laughs> and she's just like, no, put the ring on my finger before I push. Let's save that. I, I got to admit, I hit. Fast forward 10 seconds through the vows. I was like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't like this. <laughs> the only, like, what I really wanted in this moment, I noticed Donna still had the camera mm -hmm. and I needed her to like run after them into the delivery room. God, I'm so glad they didn't because that would just be another like sitcom move or like, you know, the... Because what it would have been is like she would have tried to get into the the delivering room, delivery room and the door would have like slammed right in her face right before she gets to walk in. And that would be like full sitcom. Uh, I mean, we're 90% of the way there. Let's just keep it going. God. Because like everyone's waiting around while the baby is born and they're like cutting the cake. They're having wine. I do love that Kelly and Claire are standing at the cake. And Kelly is just like, okay, now I can talk about Kelly and Brandon. Yeah. I can talk about – I can tell about that – good Lord. I can talk about this with you, Claire, not with anybody else. And then, yeah, sitcom-y moment where Lily's like, I'm not promiscuous. And Brandon's like, of course you're not. More wine? So weird. And then, yeah, the doctor comes in – or Nat comes in. It's a boy. It's Francesco. But you can call him Frankie. And then he gets on the table and gives a speech about how the gang is his family and he'd given up on love and now he has a wife and a son and not a daughter. And then the other thing that bothers me is that he says La Familia. He's Italian. Should be Familia. And not just the family, my family. So Mio. Mio Familio. So that's the... <gasps> Other language grammar police for you. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway. We, anyway, because we finally got into a good part in the episode. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Again, Kathleen Robertson getting the chance to be vulnerable and show her, like, actual dramatic acting. Yeah. And, you know, she tries to leave this, like, emotional moment and Steve comes over to try and talk to her where she is vulnerable with him and tells him, like, I just had this you know, revelation that I'm afraid to let myself love someone because I'm afraid I'm going to lose them. But, you know, I've learned you should just let love lead. And then it was really cute that Steve just like kisses her forehead and hugs her while she's crying. Yeah. And like you could tell even in the very, very beginning of that conversation, she's nervous and like she's, you know, struggling to exactly know what to say so steve even is just like hey i get it weddings actually bring up a lot of stuff a lot of feelings 
for me about my parents' divorce. And that almost like gives her permission to be like, okay, he just shared, I can share. And that's so important. And then she's like, uh, so stupid. And he's like, no, 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 no. It's not stupid at all. And I'm like, God bless America, Steve. Like, why? 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 <laughs> Every time. Every oh. time. And then we get some scenes I'm going to just really breeze through. Breeze through. We've already talked about Lily living in Cleveland. She doesn't want a serious relationship. Bye. Yeah. Kenny Bannerman comes to the pee pad, sneaks up on Val, calls her trouble. She says he's playing games, promises he's getting divorced, then rubs her face and says he loves her. Ugh. Post airport, Brandon comes back to the hospital where everyone is still there, came back there, unclear. But Donna and David have the same conversation they have had for every single episode for like five episodes. And then Steve tells Brandon that being in this hospital with the babies and everything makes him feel like he's looking into a crystal ball and asks Brandon if he's ever thought about having a family. <laughs> At which point Brandon says, why are we all here unless we find love and pass it on? You know, that's a really beautiful thought, Brandon. Will you marry me? I hate that Brandon freaks out because, like, how funny would it have been for Brandon to be like, like, grab his hands? You know, like. I've been waiting for this moment. Right? Like, oh, come on. Don't be, don't be, like, homophobic here. Be like, you're my best friend. I want to marry my best, my best friend. Like, how, like, be, be Chandler and Joey here, you know? Yeah. No, let, let's two men and a baby this thing with yes. Brandon and Steve and a baby. Yes, give them Francesco. Give it to me. Oh, you know they're going to babysit. Yes. And they meet the baby. I don't know. Everyone starts screaming and high-fiving, and I didn't get it. Uh, yeah, they. I think it was an unscripted moment because they're, like, waving hello to the baby. And then all of a sudden, at the same exact time, Brandon, Steve, and David all give the baby a thumbs up. And then David's like, yeah, nice, or something like that. And that is not David. Like, I'm convinced that is Brian Austin Green and Jason and I and just being like, yeah, all hype. Because maybe that was the only take. They got it at the same time. And then they immediately ruined it. Yep. And they were like, we got to use it anyway. Yep. <laughs> final, final scene. It's the next day. And Kelly has the leftover wedding cake that she brings to the hospice where Hal digs in without saying thank you. Mm -hmm. Whatever. But Jimmy wants to talk to Kelly about the wedding. And she mentions that, like, oh, I didn't bring a date, but everyone at the wedding, you know, old friends, old enemies. And he asks. He's like, you're in a little bit of a mood. What's going on? So she kind of catches him up about Brandon and how it feels like there's, like, mistiming between the two of them. Yeah. And then she had to watch him be with Lily knowing that, like, the only reason they're not together is, like, bad timing. Which isn't 100% true. There was a little bit more that led to the mistiming, but it's fine. Yes. And then she just says flat out, Valerie is a bitch. Yeah. He's like, well, who's Valerie? And she's like, Valerie's a bitch. <laughs> like, I love it. <laughs> it's just, she doesn't even want to waste any time being like, here's her backstory and here's how she fits in. I just hate her. <laughs> yeah. I, no one has time. Just understand. Yeah. Although he does say, like, look, you're letting her win if you let her get to you. So, like, just don't do it anymore. It's not yeah. worth your time. Like, life is short enough. And that makes me wonder if 
Kelly is going to make any sort of attempt to bury the hatchet whenever what happens with Jimmy happens with Jimmy. Yeah, I mean, because, like, remember in the beginning of season six when Kelly comes back from New York, she's very much like, I'm going to be mean to you and you're going to be mean to me and this is just what our relationship is now, you know? And so maybe, yeah, like you said, her relationship with Jimmy here is getting her not necessarily to, like, become friends, but I could see it very much being like, I'm going to ignore you and I'm going to, like, not let you get to me because it clearly, like, fuels you, gives you energy, and it just makes me upset. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, we're just – we don't have time for this anymore. I'm not doing it. Although I still hold out for the day that Kelly and Val might be friends. Me too, because they have great chemistry. It could be so good. Yes. And that's the episode. I'm shocked we've talked as much as we have. I know. Do you have a quote of the week? Um, let's see. I think so. Let me just double check. Well, while you're looking, I'll get my guesses ready. I think it's almost entirely just going to be Jimmy and Kelly, if I'm being honest. Okay. I'll give you a hint. It's not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then I have nothing. Because I would have guessed... Jimmy being like, you're dusting and I'm waxing philosophical. I do really like that one. Or at the very end when Kelly says, Valerie's a bitch. It's only not that because I don't like the B word. That is fair. Like, like it I just, don't like calling women the B word. I just. It, yeah. It just works out so well yeah. for the two of them. Yes. Is why I say it. 100%. No, I'm. That's like, that's the thing. If she would have said like, Valerie sucks. Like, I still would have loved it. But, yeah, I just don't like the B word. Yeah. Valerie's a butthole. (laughs) That B word could work. (laughs) It's like, what was I watching? Oh, it's Boy Meets World when, like, Corey calls Mr. Feeney a butt. (laughs) And they're like, you can't call teachers that. Yeah, and Alan gets mad at him. And then Corey goes upstairs to his room and Alan says to Amy, Mr. Feeney's a butt. (laughs) It just cracks me up. So every time MJ does something that makes no sense to me, like today he got stuck on one of our shelves because he tries to get himself into places he doesn't fit. And so I went to go extract him and I go, you're such a (laughs) so-and-so. What a so-and-so. Oh, man. Valerie's a (laughs) so-and-so. Anyway, those are my guesses. Oh, also – Stephen Brandon when he's like you know that's a really beautiful thought Brandon will you marry me and then it cuts there and nobody ever says anything else after it (laughs) (laughs) all right Mary what you got um right before the wedding Val asks Steve are we grumpy this morning (laughs) and I just feel like I want to use that in my everyday life because yes I am grumpy this morning (laughs) um the only other thing I really wrote down is fucking stupid. Um, and it was Lily after the wedding being like to Nat, so can I call you Papa? And uh, he's like, sure, if I can call you Tiger Lily. And I'm like, ew. Gross. Ew. <laughs> like, good that you're getting along, but gross. Stop it. Yes. Yeah. I like it when you call me Big Papa. <laughs> <laughs> 
And yeah, also Kelly just explaining Val. Yes. You know, I was originally going to go with the that's a really beautiful thought, Brandon, will you marry me? But I think I'm going to go complicated this time and pick a non-quote of the week and mm-hmm. say when Valerie tells Kelly that Brandon and Lily hooked up and she just scoffs and walks away. Perfect. Yes. 10 out of 10. Oh, my So that's goodness. that. I love it. What about you, Mary? Um, I'm going to say my moment of the week is a stupid thought I had this morning about this episode and what I wished it were about. Yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, around 942, I uh, opened up <laughs> Slack <laughs> and wrote to y'all, I just had a stupid thought about a mate for life. What if it was Colin falling in love with his cellmate? (laughs) And um, obviously it was not about that. But (laughs) if it was, his cellmate would have life in prison and Colin would flip-flop between I can't go to prison or deal with this to I can't leave prison to be without you. And so he'll just start to behave badly to get time added onto his sentence. But in like just kind of a hijinks kind of a way <laughs> like, like playing pranks on the guards right I'll start like painting bad things things. during art class oh my gosh what if he yeah like paints like a cop like one of the co's as like a pig or something you know like yeah stuff like, like that. that's another 30 days robins <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah truly who would have thought We'd be hoping for more Colin content. It's because of Kenny, man. Story of our lives, I feel like, on this show is we keep, like, getting through things and then being like, you know how I would love this character? More of them, (laughs) but this way. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah, that's it. Nat and Joan are married. There's a baby that we'll probably never see again. Probably. We're never seeing Lily again. I feel yeah, very never confident. seeing Lily. Yeah, never seeing Lily. If we see Francesco, he'll be a fake baby and hopefully in a Bjorn. I really hope he's in a Bjorn. Nat's just working, <laughs> serving pie, holding a bottle. Yeah. He's like, oh, let me give you a refill. And it was like he pours the bottle into someone's <laughs> coffee cup. <laughs> uh, what's next week? All right. So next week we have season seven, episode four. Disappearing Act. Disappearing Act. I mean, Jimmy's been doing sleight of hand. Hmm. So there's that. I just thought of his, like, dark humor. And he's, like, making himself disappear because that's kind of what I was thinking. Illness. Mm, Interesting. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what else. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we will. So until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at back to podcast You can also send us an email with any of your thoughts, your questions, comments, or concerns, anything at all, at backtopodcast at gmail.com. That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with all your friends and family. All that stuff really helps us get seen and build a community and that'll help us give y'all a better product 
And if you give us a review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate you. So until next week, from all of us at Back to Podcast, I really like my wine from the old country. My water just broke and the baby is coming right now. I gotta go dangle my jewelry in front of my accountant's wife. Bye. Bye. See ya.